For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Thursday. This is your go-to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget me on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley, also by email at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. That's how you can reach me, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Drop me a note. I always love hearing from you guys. Okay, everybody, uh, coming up next week, we got a couple of really important shows uh, that we are going to do. We're going to take on the trans agenda. We haven't talked a lot about it on this program, but I am absolutely horrified by what's going on. And the absolute child abuse that is happening right under our noses. We're going to be joined by a real expert, somebody who's been on top of this from the very beginning. She is also horrified. She is a child psychologist, Dr. Miriam Grossman. She's written a very important new book called Lost in Transnation. She's been very outspoken. She's taken a lot of the consequences for being outspoken on this child abuse, including having her medical colleagues turn their backs on her um, and the rest, but she cannot remain silent. She is quite a voice, and she's going to join us here next week. Also next week, Chris Rufo, who has been leading the charge and raising awareness on the, the deeply corrupt diversity agenda 
DEI, ESG, corporate uh, equity indices by BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and the rest of these uh, big, huge firms and funds that have all of the resources in the world to pressure everybody else into this very corrupt, destructive, and frankly, evil agenda. He is going to be here to rip the lid off of all of it. I have been dying to have him on the show for a very long time, and he is going to join us. Also, later this month, big, big talks on the central bank digital currencies. You need to know what's going on there because Treasury, Jenny Yellen, across the West, they are moving with all deliberate speed on the central bank digital currencies, and very few people are paying close attention to this. This is extremely dangerous, guys. You have no concept, but we are going to bring you the concept. We're going to tell you what's really going on here and what it means for you and me. It's not good. Not good at all. It's a total dystopian nightmare. We're also going to talk about the Great Reset. And uh, again, because we all need more happiness, we're going to talk about the secrets to happiness with a very special guest. That's coming up later this month as well. So this is the place to be. Be here or be square. Of course, none of this matters if we're all dead or enslaved to the Chinese Communist Party. And make no mistake, turning America into a vassal state with you enslaved to a globalist communist cabal running a police and surveillance state just as they do in China, this this is a model that they openly admire. All of our globalist ruling class, every single member of it, they're all openly on the record claiming what a, what a fantastic model China is. Wow, with all of those people, they make it work. Well, it's not a democracy. Aren't these the same people screaming and yelling about the threats to democracy? And yet they really admire the CCP and China. China is a totalitarian communist state. Oh, well, they've got a hybrid economy, Monica. It is a very controlled top-down command economy with some, some free market elements to it. But it's all controlled by Beijing. It's not a free market system, certainly not free. It's sort of a hybrid capitalist communist system, but they're the ones that benefit at the top. And whether you're talking about Tom Friedman at the New York Times or Bill Gates or John Kerry, they have all openly admired the Chinese model. So they're telling you that that's what they want here for us. Meanwhile, our president, air quotes, is a wholly owned subsidiary of the CCP. And so many of his top lieutenants keep going to China to grovel. Biden himself went in November, hat in hand, begging them. Secretary of State Antony Blinken went about a month ago, hat in hand, begging them. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen went a few days ago, hat in hand, begging them. In fact, she was caught on camera bowing and scraping to the Chinese economic minister. Literally bowing like a puppet. You know who she learned that from? Barack Obama. 
Remember when Barack Obama was caught bowing and scraping to the Saudis? All of this is a metaphor for the communist left. They are actively destroying the country and paying tribute to America's worst enemies by bowing and scraping and being in a subservient position. This is another reason why they hated Trump. Trump is an alpha man. Trump is an alpha dog, letting everybody know he's the big dog on the block, and so is America. That's what we want and need in an American president. And instead, we've got these little subservient little church mice that give it all away to our worst enemies. All of America's top office holders went to China just in the last like six months to grovel, to beg them to play nice. They're sending spy balloons. They're stealing our technology. They're engaged in what they call unrestricted warfare. The Chinese just pat their heads and send them away like dogs while they continue to threaten us, steal everything from us, and move ever closer to their goal of world domination. But whatever, Biden went shirtless at a public beach last weekend to get some rays, so there's that. On this podcast, we talk a lot about a lot of different threats facing us, not least of which the Uh, absolutely destructive, outrageous, and evil weaponization of our own government against us. But we also talk about a lot of external threats, the primary one being, of course, the existential threat coming to us from the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and its military arm, the People's Liberation Army, or PLA. Talk about this a lot on this show But I thought it was time now to do a real deep dive into the true nature of this threat, because as I look at it and, you know, I'm I'm like an old school cold warrior. I am a dyed in the wool anti-communist. I my first job, as you know, was with former President Richard Nixon. That's where I cut my teeth. Um, And as I look at the world today and I look at the CCP, it strikes me that the threat from China is far more complex, sophisticated, and disciplined than the threat that we face from the Soviet Union. And that's saying a lot, but I mean it, and I think that's a very accurate assessment. Joining us now to take all of this apart on China is my longtime friend, Frank Gaffney. Frank served as Assistant Secretary of Defense under President Reagan and later founded the Center for Security Policy, which is one of the great national security think tanks. Today, he is the center's executive chairman and the vice chairman of its Committee on the Present Danger, China. There was an original Committee on the Present Danger that dealt with the Soviet threat. They've updated it, turned it around, and now it's focused on China. Frank is also the host of the daily Securing America program on the Real America's Voice TV network and American Family Radio Network, and he joins us now. Frank, welcome back. Thank you, my dear friend. It is great to be with you, and congratulations on this important platform. I am so glad you have it and that you're making such important use of it. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Frank. Yes, I mean, people know the story because I think we shared it the first time you were on this show. But I first met Frank Gaffney when I was working with President Nixon uh, back in the early to mid 1990s. And I was, you know, all of 21 years old. 
And Frank had his eyes set on revoking the uh, ABM treaty, which had long outlived its usefulness. And with the collapse of the Soviet Union, the other party was gone. There was no other signatory to that treaty. And so Frank took it upon himself to get the uh, treaty revoked, uh, to void it. And he led that effort and he wanted to enlist President Nixon's support in that. And so Frank reached out to me, this young 21-year-old blonde ponytail, kitten heel wearing girl uh, working with President Nixon and uh, got you in there. And you had a very long, meaningful conversation with Nixon because it was Nixon's administration. It was President Nixon who got the ABM treaty done in the first place. So to get him on board, uh, to reverse it, to throw it out was really quite an achievement. And that was Frank. That's where I first met Frank, right? That's pretty much the sum and substance of it. I don't remember <laughs> you as uh, just a ponytail youngster. You were a very formidable gal even then. And and I think had a great hand, I must say, in helping us in that particular mission, uh, but more generally in enlisting the help of, uh, you know, the former president and uh, a serious strategist um, in rethinking the world that um, that he had done much to shape during his presidency, but that had changed beyond recognition in so many respects. And, um, uh, you know, in point of fact, we did get the uh, United States to um, withdraw from the anti-ballistic missile treaty. It cleared the way for doing something can frankly considerably more than we've done to date alas but something about missile defense and and you know monica what brings these two topics together of course is with the emergence of china which when richard nixon went there to enlist its help against the soviet union uh was a an impoverished nation large populous of course but uh, desperately poor the transformation that has taken place in that country in the intervening period. And it's really the subject of our book that has taken place with in very considerable measure, the help of the United States, the mm -hmm. individuals uh, on Wall Street most especially, but others as well that have uh, affected, uh, well, as I said, the fundamental transformation, Barack Obama might've called it, uh, into a power that is not only uh, arguably our peer economically, but now militarily as well, and unfortunately seeks to use its power to destroy us because we are the only real impediment to the realization of their goals of global hegemony. So Frank is referring to his brand new book, which is absolutely dynamite, and it is a must read. It's called The Indictment prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and friends for crimes against America, China, and the world. You have to go get this book. It's available at Amazon, wherever you get your books. It's done by uh, Steve Bannon's War Room. It's their very first book so of their new imprint. So it is absolutely essential read to understand the profound existential nature of this threat and the fact that the Chinese now for well over maybe 30 years, have been engaged in what they themselves have called unrestricted warfare. So before we get into the indictment, Frank, as you lay it out, and you lay out, uh, you lay this book out as a criminal case against the CCP. But before we get to that, can you describe what 
unrestricted warfare is and how the CCP and PLA are carrying it out. Yeah, thank you, Monica. Let me just say that um, the real value of this book, as I see it, is that it is the fruit of some 70 webinars that we have conducted over the past uh, year or so under the rubric of this Committee on the Present Danger of China. And I, I appreciate you making the point about its lineage because um, it's been inspired by the help that its uh, first incarnation gave to Ronald Reagan in articulating uh, and helping him present a strategy, an alternative to the strategy of detente aimed at actually rolling back the last totalitarian communist regime that sought the destruction of our nation, namely the Soviet Union, and putting it, as he colorfully said, on the ash heap of history. Our Committee on the Present Danger China's webinars have drilled down on the very question that you've just asked. What is, what is the nature of unrestricted warfare? What damage has been done by the Chinese Communist Party using non, as they call them, kinetic techniques. How have they gotten away with it, with so few of us even understanding that it's happened to us, let alone the extent of the, the cost, the misery, uh, the loss of opportunities in our economy and, and all the rest. And as importantly as that, who has been helping them? inside our own country to effect that kind of damage. And so uh, I, I really have been blessed to both moderate those things and benefit greatly from them and just wanted to make sure that others, including people like your audience, had a more accessible way of getting the best of those uh, webinars, their highlights, their informed expert opinions and recommendations. <laughs> That's what we've tried to do with the indictment. And I guess the answer to your question, uh, but more simply is, it's basically everything the Chinese Communist Party could think of doing to us, short mm -hmm. of uh, actual military conflict, the old-fashioned kind of warfare, shooting war, including, interestingly enough, and don't take my word for it, this is all laid out very nicely in a book that two colonels in the People's Liberation Army, obviously with the permission of the Chinese Communist Party, published back in 1999. Mm -hmm. And I had a list of mm -hmm. 20 or so different lines of attack that could be used for the purpose of destroying the United States while China was still insufficiently militarily powerful to do it, as I say, the old-fashioned way. And including in that list, unbelievably, but there it is in black and white, was the use of biological warfare. So we've enumerated uh, nine charges altogether. The first and most uh, dramatic, I suppose, is the crimes against humanity that this odious communist regime has perpetrated primarily against its own people, including some that don't think of themselves as their own people, but have been enslaved by the Chinese communists uh, in Tibet and the Uyghurs, again, southern Mongolia, people now of Hong Kong. But the other eight, Monica, are charges that derive from the unrestricted warfare, what we call war crimes, 
because properly understood, what we're dealing with here really is not so much a political party or even a government. The Chinese Communist Party is a transnational criminal organization. And when it talks about crime, it's warfare against us. It's unrestricted warfare. And it comes at it from a criminal mafioso style of operations. They constitute war crimes. And that's what we believe needs to be prosecuted here, at least in the court of public opinion. You know, you mentioned that the CCP is a transnational uh, organization um, and certainly has its sights on global domination, but they are working hand in glove, if not outright controlling these transnational organizations like the World Economic Forum, like the World Health Organization. Their tentacles are everywhere. And as I look at it, Frank, and you can tell me if you disagree, but it seems that their ultimate objective is a one world government where everything is digitized and you are just a number and there is no such thing anymore as sovereign countries or even human freedom, certainly not economic freedom. And in that vision of a one world government led by the globalists and these transnational entities, sits the CCP, because all of these people driving this agenda, from Klaus Schwab to Bill Gates and so many others, they're all publicly on the record admiring the CCP, admiring their totalitarian authoritarian system, admiring the communist system. Um, and so that I don't think they're making any kind of secret of their ultimate objective here. And the biggest obstacle to achieving that vision is the United States of America. So if they destroy us and take us out as a player for economic and individual freedom, then they can achieve that vision a lot faster and more efficiently. And quite possibly without firing a shot. Right you know, through this warfare technique. And Monica, to your point, and this is so critical. I mean, not only did the Chinese Communist Party allow their playbook to be published by these two colonels in this book, Unrestricted Warfare, it's available, you know, uh, at bookstores and so on. They actually went so far in May of 2019, and you may remember this, you were in office at the time, the Chinese Communist Party's most important propaganda outlet, People's Daily, actually published a declaration that the Chinese Communist Party, the government of China, China, if you will, was now waging a people's war against America. And I'm fond of saying, you know, in the intelligence tradecraft lexicon, that is what is called a clue mm -hmm. <laughs> about what they're doing to us. And right. we've ignored it uh, incessantly. And worse than ignoring it, honestly, and I think this is probably the single most important part of the book because it's, well, for my purposes at least, the single most important line of attack of the Chinese Communist Party in its unrestricted warfare against us, namely what they call elite capture. Mm -hmm. And we have been blinded to much of this threat and, and the degree to which it is costing us so dearly in every respect, including now the loss of lives, uh, a million of them through their virus, their biological warfare attack, 
and according to some, 100,000 plus per year to their chemical warfare attack, fentanyl. But here's the kicker. Our elites, our leaders, and by that I mean, as you know, Monica, people on Wall Street, yes, in the financial sector, in the business community more generally, not everybody, but enough, leaders of academia, leaders of the media, leaders of Hollywood, and of course, not least, our political leadership, the poster child of which is a man who is the commander in chief of the United States military at the moment, the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Yes. That cohort who we rely upon, typically, assuming they're looking out for our interests and would faithfully report if there's something amiss and do something about it, more importantly, having been captured, suborned, corrupted, and bent to the will of the Chinese Communist Party, have helped keep the rest of us blinded to the danger that is emerging. And now, unfortunately, as I've indicated, Monica, and as you know very well yourself, they've reached a point where a shooting war is an option, they believe. And in fact, they now are threatening it rather regularly, and importantly, not just against Taiwan, but against us as well. As central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the U.S. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans are reaching out to Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax-sheltered in a retirement account. Learn if gold is right for you, too. Text Monica to 989-898, and they will send you a free info kit on gold. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold has been helping my listeners from the very beginning. Text MONICA to 989-898 and claim your free info kit on gold, because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be very nice to have some gold to depend on. The CCP, a very long time ago, settled on this very clever strategy of whereas the Soviets had infiltrated us from without and from within, starting in the 1930s, to destroy us from within, the Chinese had an even more clever strategy, which is elite capture, which is basically uh, bending the will through uh, the appeal of the mass Chinese market, a billion plus people appealing to greed. They knew that we were capitalists, so they appealed to greed and so on. But there's also another element to the elite capture, which is that most of our elites are communists anyway. <laughs> so they are ideologically on the same page. So you've got the greedy entities like the NBA, 
and Hollywood and so on that are there for the mighty buck. And we're all capitalists here, but you've got to understand when you're dealing with those CCP, doing business in China means something else entirely than doing business here or in Europe or another free market kind of system. But the government leaders that are captured and so many other cultural leaders and societal leaders, they're all communists anyway, so they're all on the same page. There's a real ideological affinity there. So it didn't take a lot for the CCP to capture our elites across the board. And now we are all paying the price. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I think that um, if we are to do but one thing, and, and there are 20 different items that uh, our Committee on the Present Danger China has you know, sort of derived from all of this work that we have to do if we're to survive this nation, I I would say, again, the single most important of those is rooting out, not just exposing, but removing from positions of power and influence those who have been working for the Chinese Communist Party among our elites. They must be forced to resign. Where appropriate, they must be impeached. And wherever possible, they should be prosecuted. And if we do that, I think we start setting a right much that is wrong at the moment and give us a fighting chance, hopefully not in the literal sense, but fighting in an unrestricted warfare way against the CCP, uh, which is essential not just to saving this country, I think, but um, you said that, uh, you know, we're uh, an impediment. I, I think we're really the only impediment to the realization of their agenda and freedom worldwide will be lost if they have their way with us. We mustn't let that happen. Well, that's it. I mean, every president going back to George Washington through Abraham Lincoln, through Ronald Reagan, through Donald Trump, they've talked about America as a shining city on the hill, a beacon of freedom, a beacon of light. And if that light were to ever go out, there would be no place to run to. There's no alternative for human freedom if the United States goes down and the CCP knows this, which is why they're waging this unrestricted warfare in all kinds of ways. I mean, you mentioned the fentanyl crisis, the precursor chemicals for fentanyl and other drugs are actually developed in China They're shipped across to Central America and certainly Mexico. They're handed off to the drug cartels that have operational control of our southern border. We don't. And then the drug cartels use all kinds of methods to then get the fully developed drugs into the country. They're killing, fentanyl alone is killing well over 100,000 Americans every single year. You see the wreckage in every direction. Again, this is Uh, This is a 21st century version of what the Soviets did in terms of infiltrating our country. They may not need spies, although they certainly have spies in this country, but they're, they're infiltrating and destroying us in other ways by our own hand. And, you know, uh, Frank, you talked about biological warfare. You talked about elite capture. uh, You talked about a range of crimes that they're committing. Can you focus on, Uh, energy security, because this is a big one. And I'm not sure that people associate the CCP waging war on us with our own energy security. Can you talk to us about that? Sure. I I think you talk about it a lot on the show. So so your audience is probably pretty conversant in it. But the the bottom line is this, uh, as you know, having served for him and with him, um, Donald Trump set his sights 
on not only achieving energy independence for this country, but achieving energy dominance. Mm -hmm. And we were well on the way to, you know, actually exercising that uh, to the benefit of the world, uh, you know, uh, good for world economies, good for development, good for economic opportunities worldwide. The Chinese Communist Party has an interest as part of their agenda of weakening us, of making us not only not dominant, not even independent, but actually dominant or dependent, I should say, on them for energy, which is the thrust of the agenda that their Marxist allies in this country, including, of course, Joe Biden, and their counterparts on Capitol Hill have pursued assiduously, the so-called Green New Deal, for want of a better term. And uh, the Chinese have shrewdly exploited this with useful idiots like uh, John Kerry, for example, to not only engineer a situation in which they are continuing to expand their use of all kinds of fossil fuels, including notably very dirty coal, by the way, to produce energy for their own country and maximize their energy independence. But they've also created a new, as I say, supply chain upon which we are going to become mortally dependent for batteries, for windmills, for you know, uh, solar panels and the like, uh, all of which require earth minerals and, and other processed uh, uh, uses of them to power those electric vehicles that we're supposed to all be buying and power um, elements of the grid that uh, the Greenies think are acceptable. Um, it, it, the windmills are killing you know, millions of birds every year, but that doesn't seem to bother them. It's green somehow. Uh, they think what's most important is making us less strong and more vulnerable. And that, Monica, I guess the short form of this is I, I, I generalize, but I think it's pretty much the case that every policy this administration has pursued, without exception, domestic or foreign, has had two things in common. One, they're bad for the United States, and two, they seem to benefit the Chinese Communist Party. And that is especially true of energy. And that is one of the reasons why it's our, I think, fifth charge in this nine charge indictment. It's such a critical point because all of this, um, all of this talk about climate change and we have to have a green agenda and the new green deal, et cetera, it's all about crippling the United States energy sector, certainly, but overall our economy. It's about right. collapsing the U.S. economy. That's what it's all about because China is not going along with any of these regulations or rules and India is not either. But right. China is certainly the biggest of them all and they're not certainly uh, in the position or, or, or willing to sacrifice their economic growth on the altar of some bogus climate change uh, claims. They will not do it, but they are more than happy to push that agenda down our throats mm -hmm. and the throats of the West. Um, and, and it's all part and parcel of taking us all down. You're exactly right. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, because I, what's been in the, the news reports recently, Frank, is the Chinese spy balloon, which the Biden administration allowed to traverse the entire country for about a week, taking all kinds of photographs, sending 
uh, intelligence back to Beijing in real time, photographs, data, you name it, um, and only shot it down once it had completed its mission across America, shot it down over the Atlantic Ocean, which, uh, I mean, the entire thing was absurd. But we're also hearing about Chinese police stations in cities like New York and elsewhere, and Chinese spies all over the country, including a lot that have been planted in our academic institutions. Can you talk about Chinese espionage and how it's done? Yeah, if I could just go back to something you touched on in the last comment. Um, it's not just that, you know, we're becoming dependent for them on them for energy and they're getting away with completely uh, stiff arming the whole idea of, you know, becoming green. It's the contempt that they are exhibiting more and more as they watch us contort ourselves in this fashion. And, and all of the things that you've just talked about exhibit that contempt, allowing a surveillance balloon uh, to loiter over our most sensitive sites in this country for days in some cases, and traverse the whole country, as you say, contemptible, but exploited by them. Mm -hmm. The idea that they would be allowed to operate, not one, but it seems many of these so-called overseas police service centers in our country. And in at least one case, uh, a congresswoman by the name of Grace Mong actually had a fundraiser in the New York one that was shut down. Again, evidence of elite capture. That, that breeds contempt and it, it, it manifests, let's face it, contempt. And then there's the question of espionage. And you're right. Um, well, in addition to the 30,000 students on college campuses in this country from China, every single one of whom has been approved to come here by the Chinese Communist Party. Every one of whom knows that the basis on which they've been allowed to come is first of all, their families are held hostage. And if they don't do what the party says, something bad will happen to them. That's by the way, one of the most important functions of these police service centers, that's the service they render is <laughs> to threaten Chinese nationals and even descendants of Chinese nationals in America, sending some of them back to a very unhappy fate when they cross the line. But Monica, it's not just the students and it's not just that the students know that they have to do what they're told by the party or else. It's also um, the entire apparatus. It's the fact that those students pay full freight at these universities and therefore the universities are desperate to keep them coming. And if that means having a so-called Confucius Institute on campus for which they'll also be paid, by the way, so be it. Mm -hmm. No problem that that becomes another vehicle for influencing, dominating, recruiting, and controlling um, people to do their will, including professors, including administrators, uh, and including not least, of course, students, uh, non-Chinese students at that. Um, but to your larger point about espionage, you know, the thing that I'm particularly worried about is not just that we've got, by many intelligence experts assessment, a higher operational tempo, is the military term, being engaged in by the Chinese Communist Party in terms of their spying in this country than was the case with the Soviet Union at its heyday. Right. And that's saying something, as you know. But it's also fact that they are sending across our border now in large numbers what are reportedly 
not only unaccompanied, militarily military aged men, but men that are also carrying what seem to be pretty much identical kits, the same backpacks, for example, the same canteens. And according to Michael Yawn, an experienced special operator in his own right and war correspondent, <clears throat> they seem to be operating in groups, all of which suggests that they're being sent here by either the People's Liberation Army or maybe the Ministry of State Security, their, uh, their intelligence apparatus, apparatus. Whatever it is, Monica, we're seeing hundreds of them coming across the border daily, certainly weekly. And not only that, but our government is distributing them and all of these other illegal migrants everywhere across America. Now, that's a problem that's bigger than just espionage. That's a problem of sabotage. That's a problem of assassinations. That's a problem of, well, sowing chaos, which would be something the Chinese would love to do at the same time that they are beginning a shooting war, wouldn't it? That's what's afoot here, I'm afraid. Yes, 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 you're exactly right. And before we get into uh, the action plan that you've laid out in this book, the indictment, I just want to ask you about your thoughts about Taiwan, because we are talking about the Chinese have adopted a far more aggressive military posture in recent years. And now with a president who is not just perceived as weak, but weak in real terms and uh, compromised by the CCP to the tune of tens of millions of dollars that have flowed into his personal coffers from China. So he's obviously not going to counter any kind of aggressive action by the CCP and PLA. Um, can you tell us what your assessment is about Taiwan? Is uh, CCP action against Taiwan an invasion of some sort, a blockade of some sort? Is it imminent? Do you expect it in the next year or so while Biden is still president? Let me make a, a, a point before I turn to that, if I may, Monica, just to pick up on something you sort of touched on there. Um, the, the thing that's been marvelous about these webinars, and they're available for free, by the way, folks, uh, at presentdangerchina.org. And also, if you do get the book, um, we have them all listed, all of those that we had done, at least up to that point, we're, we're continuing to do them. But um, the ones that we've done to the time we published are all available with a QR code that enables you, if you like a quote or you find a particular topic to be of interest, just to go click on that and boom, you can watch the full you know, 90 minutes or so of, uh, of expert analysis. One of the most important contributors to which has been Sam Faddis. I don't know if you know Sam. I hope you've had him on your show. If not, I encourage you to do so. He's a former army officer, uh, but also a career intelligence undercover operative for the Central Intelligence Agency, a spy, in other words. And he used to, for a living, for us, run, recruit and, I should say, recruit and run agents, um, assets, if you will, for our country. He has said in more than one of these webinars that in his professional judgment, using the lexicon of the intelligence services, that Joe Biden is, quote, a controlled asset of the Chinese Communist Party, unquote. Yes. And by that he means, and he says this very explicitly, he said, if you're not a controlled asset, you're not an asset. 
Mm-hmm. You don't you don't consider somebody anything other than a liability if you're not absolutely certain they'll do what they're told. So that brings us to this issue of Taiwan. Among the other people that we've had speaking about what's going on with Taiwan are some of the best uh, military analysts and practitioners in the country. General Jerry Boykin, you know, a three-star retired Army general. Colonel John Mills, a retired Army special operator. Colonel Grant Newsom, a retired Marine Corps um, well, officer as well as foreign service officer, by the way. And uh, Captain Jim Fennell, uh, United States Navy retired, uh, former chief of intelligence for the U.S. Pacific Fleet, just to pick a few. What these folks to a person have said in the course of these webinars is that when, not if, but when the Chinese Communist Party moves against Taiwan, and it may take the form at least initially of a blockade, as you suggested, it more likely, I think, will take the form of um, special operations units doing what I just described inside Taiwan and opening the doors to uh, a not so um, violently opposed invasion. But each of them says that it will involve attacks against our assets, our personnel, and our territory as well. Uh, one of our duty experts, I didn't mention him, but he was also a very important contributor to all this, is uh, Richard Fisher. Uh, Rick is a probably the single most knowledgeable guy about the Chinese military operating in the private sector today. Uh, Rick says that his expectation is that, as I said earlier, there will be this external activity against uh, well, Guam for sure, Okinawa, American bases elsewhere in the Western Pacific, probably Hawaii, and also possibly the West Coast, uh, including via South America, where the Chinese have created a tremendous presence, as you probably know. But also, Rick Fisher believes there will be um, an insurgency inside our country in Washington, D.C., and probably elsewhere across the country, certainly in San Diego and places like that. And that's the kind of strategy that I think it's realistic to expect the Chinese Communist Party will exercise if they make the decision to go kinetic, as they say. And to your question of when it would happen, uh, it's anybody's guess, but the consensus judgment of our team in these webinars is that it could happen at any time. It may be as late as uh, late fall because there may be another exercise where they demonstrate the capacity to conduct amphibious assaults uh, in the mainland, Uh, but maybe not. Uh, Maybe if they think we're waiting on that, they'll go earlier. Uh, Maybe they'll wait until uh, the election in January in Taiwan to see if they can win without, again, firing a shot by having elected a a Kuomintang um, pro-China proxy uh, as president of Taiwan. We'll see. But I think the point we have to operate on, and it's one of the most important of our recommendations, is we have to be on a war footing now. Yes. We want to deter it uh, and hopefully not have to fight it. But if we have to fight it, we better be mobilizing everything we can, including our people and our industry. Something, Monica, by the way, that the Chinese Communist Party has done. And we've documented this extensively as well. They are on a war footing now as a whole of society proposition, not just their military forces. Yes, 
Uh, you're exactly right. And we are just, you know, spitting in the wind, whistling past the graveyard. In this book, The Indictment, you do lay out a very extensive action plan on how to confront the CCP and what we should be doing right now, including adopting a war footing. Look, I think that the CCP sees their controlled asset in the White House. They realize they have a pretty short window of opportunity to act, uh, not just against Taiwan, but against the United States directly and our interests around the world. So I think the next year plus could be very dark and dangerous time for us. And I mean, you lay out a short, medium, and long-term uh, plan here to deal with this threat, including disengaging from China economically, decoupling, which a lot of people have talked about, but man, is that a complicated, uh, difficult proposition. I'm not saying we shouldn't undertake it, but we have given away the store here, Frank, for many decades with regard to China, cheap labor, cheap prices, et cetera, manufacturing, that it is, I, Donald Trump began to do this in four years, but he was just one guy and he only had four years. So this is gonna be a much longer term proposition, but we need a change of leadership here as well with leadership that's actually, that, that understands the nature and scope of this threat and is not compromised by it. Yeah, and is it's willing actually to on our it side. On. Yeah. yeah, and, and who's concept. actually who's actually <laughs> fighting for America and America's interests? So, what? Uh, just final thoughts here, Frank, before we let you go. What it, for the average person listening who uh, now understands better the the extent of the threat from the CCP? What do you want people to know? And then, what kind of action can the average American citizen undertake to uh, push back on this threat? Well, thank you, Monica. You've you've teased out many of the things that I think are most important for them to know. Uh, I would simply say uh, I grew up, as you may remember, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's now the heart of what has been called the Rust Belt in America. When I grew up, it was the heart of steel industry and, and so much more in America, an exemplar of power of our economy and our productivity. Uh, that didn't just happen. That's an example of the economic warfare, the takedown of our industrial and manufacturing base in this country. And what I want people to know is, yes, it will take time to rebuild what's been lost. Uh, yes, it will be difficult. Uh, yes, um, in some cases, uh, the uh, costs will be higher than we're accustomed to paying for cheap goods, some of it slave labor manufactured, by the way. But we have no choice. As a practical matter, the only other option is our defeat and quite possibly our elimination. Because one of the things that has apparently guided Chinese biological warfare programs is depopulating our country so it can be colonized by China. That's according to a, a defense minister of China 20 years ago. What I want them most especially to take away from all of this is, first of all, that the hour is late, that it is exceedingly dangerous and likely to get more so, as you say. I personally believe that the principal hope we have is in God's grace that he is not done with America just yet, that he does in fact see us as a shining city on a hill, 
and reflecting the best of his creation. Not seamlessly, not universally. And that's part of my concern, honestly, Monica, is I, I worry that we've given him enough reason not to continue to favor us, mm -hmm. that maybe he's yeah. uh, he's washed his hands of us. I hope not. I pray not. And we do all need to pray that. But beyond that, what it falls to us to do is everything we can. And that means really down to the individual level. And people often say, oh, this is such a big problem. And I'm just one person and I can't do that much. What we've really tried to offer in this 20 sets of recommendations is things that you can do. And listen, if it's nothing more than this, do it. If it's nothing more than telling the people who represent you that this has to be addressed, that you are expecting them as your representative to address them in the ways that maybe you can't as an individual do, or maybe even collectively by getting together with other Americans in your community, your family, your friends, your colleagues. You can't do that much about other than let people responsible to you and responsible for your safety and security to know that you expect them to do the sorts of things that are laid out in the indictment. It will fall to them ultimately. And you're absolutely right, Monica. We've got to get back to the point where we have people working for us, for our country, for our safety and security in charge, especially if, God forbid, there is a shooting war. We simply cannot have a controlled asset of our mortal enemy running our military. That can't possibly be. It's the case right now that has to change. And there are a variety of ways that that can be accomplished. I, I think the easiest, the fastest is the one that is long overdue. And that is his resignation, Joe Biden's, that is, from the presidency. And frankly, that of his vice president as well. And uh, we need to have a, an election, obviously, right, Nick? I hope it will be a free and fair one. I know you do too. I know we're all working towards that. But in the meantime, we need to have accountability and good governance uh, as much as we can get out of the present system, because this next year, as you've said, is going to be perilous indeed. It's critical. I mean, the country is hanging by a thread. It is at a real tipping point because this is the logical end to a nearly century long Marxist revolution to infiltrate and undermine us. That's what we've been experiencing. And now we're at that moment where the whole thing could implode. Our enemies are very patient, whether they're the Islamists, whether they're the Marxists, whether they're the CCP, they are very patient enemies and they always have their eyes on a long-term prize. They know that the defeat of the United States was not gonna come overnight or easy. And yet they've continued to go for many, many decades here. This did not just happen or materialize under Barack Obama Joe Biden. This has been ongoing for a long time. And when, as we close out this conversation with Frank, when we're talking about what the average American can do, what you and I can do, three things off the top of my head. And, and Frank lays out a lot more in this book that are big policy prescriptions. But for you and me, for the average American, three things right off the top of my head. One, buy American. Two, vote Republican. And three, keep God first place. 
those three things, that's the beginning of what you and I can do in order to begin to turn this around, particularly with the CCP, but of course the broader Marxist agenda that is, um, it looks ascendant, but we've got to push back with all of our might. This book goes a long way to laying out the nature of the threat from the CCP and the PLA and what we can all do about it um, in terms of policy prescriptions and in terms of the public pressure that we can all bring to bear on our elected representatives, even if our president happens to be at the moment a true Manchurian candidate. The book is called The Indictment, the subtitle Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America, China, and the World. It's a very, very important book. So please go get it wherever you get your books. We've been talking to Frank Gaffney, my longtime friend, Center for Security Policy, former Assistant Secretary of Defense under President Reagan. He has been hip deep in these issues for many decades. He is the authoritative voice that we all need to listen to particularly with regard to the threat from the CCP. And Frank, I can't thank you enough for being here today, sharing your expertise and bringing this very important book to all of us. It's truly a delight. Thank you for the privilege of doing so, Monica. God bless you and your work. Thank you, Frank. You too. God bless you. Okay, that's going to do it for me today. Uh, what an incredibly important show. Make sure you tell everybody you know about the Monica Crowley podcast and all of the important work uh, that we're doing on this show every single day and the fun that we have on this show too. Okay. Thank you so much for that and for checking out our great sponsors. Have a terrific end to your week and a marvelous summer weekend. And I will see you right back here next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.